this morning, we begin a new sermon series on the agricultural parables of Jesus. Four weeks of farmers and their barns and their crops, all teaching us a little something about the gospel. Our scripture for this morning comes from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do? for I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I'll do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, a pastor was invited to dinner at the home of a very wealthy man in Texas. After the meal, the host led him to a place where they could get a good view of all of the surrounding area. Pointing to the oil wells, this man boasted, 25 years ago, I had nothing. Now, as far as you can see, it's all mine. Looking in the opposite direction at his sprawling fields of grain, he said, that's all mine. Turning east towards huge herds of cattle, he bragged, they are all mine. Then pointing to the west at a beautiful forest, he exclaimed, that too is all mine. He paused, expecting the pastor to compliment him on his great success. But the pastor just took one hand and put it on the man's shoulder With the other hand, he pointed up to heaven and said, How much do you have in that direction? The man stared blankly for a moment and then hung his head and admitted, I never really thought about that. The man in our parable faced a similar disappointment. Author Ron Sider writes, The rich fool is the epitome of a covetous person. He has a greedy compulsion to acquire more and more possessions, even though he doesn't need them. And his phenomenal success at piling up more and more property and wealth leads him to the blasphemous conclusion that material possessions can satisfy all his needs. From the divine perspective, this attitude is sheer madness. He is a raving fool. Thankfully, we have something here at Pinehurst United Methodist Church that I think the man in our parable this morning was missing. 
As Pastor Jabe says often, if you don't think this church is generous, you are not paying attention. I wholeheartedly agree. We're doing God's work, providing for others. Your generosity helps our community and builds the kingdom of God right here in Moore County. And I think this parable warning against greed still has a word for a church as generous as ours. Immediately before beginning the parable, Jesus warns to be on guard against all kinds of greed. I think for us, that could refer to hoarding money or talent or spiritual gifts, any number of things. When we join the church, we vow to serve with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Methodist pastor and blogger Dan Dick assures us the vows of membership are not burdens loaded onto the shoulders of the men and women who make them. Prayer is a spiritual discipline and a gift. It helps connect individuals to God and God's will, and it helps strengthen the bonds of Christian community as people pray with and for each other. Presence is an invitation to be exposed to the teachings of Christ and the church that impact and shape values, priorities, desires, expectations, and life direction. Together, we are stronger than we are apart. Gifts challenge us to invest in something larger than ourselves, to take what we have, connect it to the giving of others, and create something that will honor and glorify God. We give to make manifest what we profess with our mouths. Our gifts become outward and visible signs of an inward and spiritual grace. Service is where we put ourselves on the line to do something, to be the body of Christ incarnate. We become the hands of Christ, comforting the anxious, healing the hurt, feeding the hungry, visiting the lonely and imprisoned, housing the homeless, clothing the naked, and giving hope to the hopeless. This is also our witness. And as we walk this earth as the incarnate body of Christ, we praise, glorify, and worship God, not only with our actions, but with our words. We don't just serve those who come to us, but we go forth into the world looking for the next person in need. My favorite song ends with the line, I just want to know I did all I could with what I was given. I think a lot of us feel that way. We want to share what we have with others. We want to make the most of our life. What are you storing up? What are you holding on to that you could let go of? Maybe you're considering increasing your offering in response to God's blessings. Maybe you've been feeling a call to volunteer in a way that would benefit the community. Maybe you have a gift for music and want to join the choir or offer a solo. Maybe you've been feeling God nudging you towards ordained ministry. I think a lot of us want to share the abundance God has blessed us with, but we still hold on to things because we're afraid of what will happen if we let go. I don't know about you, but I have felt that way before. I'm afraid of what will happen if I open myself up. For example, we, we might be thinking, what if I commit to increase my giving and the car breaks down again? What if I spend one or two Saturdays a month volunteering and I don't have as much alone time or time with my family? If I share my song with the world, I'm opening myself up for criticism. 
Or you might worry, you know, I can't go to seminary right now. I have a stable job and kids, and ministry would just turn all of our lives upside down. These kinds of worries are natural, but they hold us back. These fears keep us hanging on to the things we don't need to store up, things we don't need to keep to ourselves. This parable is about wealth, but I think it's about more than wealth. This is about how we are all sinners in the midst of death, rebelling against God's goodness and provision. Building a bigger barn was a sign this man was struggling to believe God is enough. Often, we are deaf to God's teaching and blind to God's leading. Our goal is to store up more than we need in bigger and bigger barns, holding those things close to us just in case, instead of living lives that honor God and express gratitude to God's goodness to us. Two small, simple words in this passage really stand out to me. But God. Anytime we read, but God, in scripture, it should give us pause. God is about to deliver someone from something. God might be delivering someone from evil in the world, or sometimes God is delivering us from our own sin, from our own way of doing things. Scripture does not always explicitly say, but God, but you can see it whenever humanity does one thing, but God does another. Adam and Eve disobeyed God, but God gave them clothes to wear and ways to survive. The world was full of evil and needed to be cleansed, but God remembered Noah and his family. God's people were enslaved in Egypt, but God spoke through Moses, let my people go. Jesus was arrested and tortured and crucified, but God raised him from the dead. Saul was persecuting Christians, but God knocked him off his horse. And it happens explicitly in our parable this morning. This man was building bigger and bigger barns to hold on to what he had. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Calling someone a fool isn't usually met with gratitude, but I figure God knew that this man needed a come-to-Jesus moment, literally. God says to him, at the end of your life, who cares? What difference does it make that you stored up so much? You stored up all you had and told yourself you could kick back and relax instead of taking care of the less fortunate. You're only worried about yourself. You might be wealthy, but you're in moral poverty. If we are acting in ways that do not honor God, we need some reminding of who we are and who God is. God does not mind stepping on our toes or telling us when we're being foolish. This man was a fool for storing up more than he needed, but calling this man a fool is a good thing, something God does for the fool's benefit. Even in calling him a fool, God calls him back to what is right, gratitude and benevolence. The Wesleyan tradition expresses love for God and love for neighbor with these two words, gratitude and benevolence. Our love for God springs from a grateful heart. Grateful love for God leads us to love others because of God's love for them. 
Benevolence means having goodwill towards all people. We wish the best for them, and we act in ways that promote their well-being. Carrying out benevolence means, first, we do nothing harmful, and second, we do all we can to be useful. Living in thankfulness to God and goodwill to others shows that love is truly at the center of our lives. It's the most genuine expression of our faith. Many of the Bible's teachings highlight not necessarily good and evil, but wisdom and foolishness. Psalm 107 thanks God for deliverance from many troubles, hunger and thirst, illness, misery, and sin. And the psalm ends with, let those who are wise heed to these things and consider the steadfast love of the Lord. In contrast to the rich fool who stores up more than he needs, those who are wise live lives centered on God. They pay attention to what is life-giving and what is life-draining. Daniel reminds us God is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. When we listen for the voice of God, God will tell us when we are being foolish and not to expect things of the world to satisfy us. And God will deliver us from greed or from fear or worry or despair or whatever is holding us back. Seek wisdom. Be generous towards God. When we share what we have, our prayers, presents, gifts, service, and witness, it isn't diminished. It multiplies. Don't be afraid to share your time, talent, or treasure. Invite someone to come to worship with you once a week. Join us for something other than worship at least once a month. You have God-given gifts that benefit the kingdom when shared. John Wesley wrote this great sermon called The Good Steward, where he basically talks about how God has entrusted us with so much. And these things don't belong to us, but we get to use them for a little while. And it's up to us to steward those gifts well in the time we have them. Wesley goes on to talk about how God has entrusted us with our money, our souls, our bodies, speech, our food and shelter, our strength and health and knowledge. Everything is from God. And there will come a day when God asks, how did you use those gifts? Did you get acquainted with my word? Did you follow my direction? Did you give me your heart? Did you use your tongue to praise me? Did you use your money for what you needed and restore the remainder to me through the poor whom I had appointed to receive it? Did you use your education and influence? Did you present your soul and body, thoughts, words, and actions as a holy sacrifice glorifying me? All we have is not our own. All of life is from God, and all God's gifts are to be received gratefully and shared faithfully. Faithful or unfaithful, foolish or wise, we do not get to keep these gifts God has given us. And one day, when God asks us if we have used these gifts wisely, 
if we are able to give God a resounding yes, we will not have to hear, you fool. But instead, we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for all that you have given us. We pray that we would be good stewards, that we would use these resources well. Our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.